So there definitely is a shelf life to basketball training. I don't think many of us think about it. We think we're going to be on the court all day and we don't plan for the for the future or reverse engineer what we want retirement to look like or what we want our setup to be when we actually aren't the ones who are teaching the classes. So uh, this episode is we jump right into it in the halfway point. I apologize. I forgot to record the Zoom meeting immediately when we started. But we recorded halfway through and still got a lot of really good information. So if you have not thought about retirement and you are a basketball trainer, then this is a great episode for you. And if you have, this is something that will pose different questions for you to think about. Hope you guys enjoy it. To figure out what you want to do um, in retirement, because retirement, it varies person to person. Um, and I think that's, I know it sounds pretty vague, but I don't even know what retirement means to me, if I'm being honest. I mean, do you know what retirement really means to you as far as like, what is retirement for Mice and Jones going to look like? You know, it's, it's a hard question. Sure. And I don't know in detail. I do know it sounds fun to not have to work, you know, but do it because you want to and yeah. know that your living expenses are so low that you could just draw on this and do and have, have control of your time, have control of your yeah. flexibility that that sounds good that's in this core retirement for me but to your point there are other things like you have family members you may have uh, you may be divorced you may have kids so I guess taking all that into consideration and then social security like is it going to be 65 is it going to be 66 and a half 70 by the time when I mean, we get to that age that we're potentially considering drawing from that will it still be around i don't know about those things Another thing to, to consider, too, is uh, taking care of your parents or, or grandparents or whoever is older than you. I mean, if they didn't prepare for their retirement, they not they you, they may have enough money to take care of the living expenses, but they might end up having to move in with you or you have to build a mother-in-law suite kind of thing on your house or something. And then, God forbid, you know, health issues do happen. And so, I mean, long-term care is something to consider as well. And again, all of these things are very complex it's, you know, one of 50 things you need in your financial plan, but they're all important. And that's why I enjoy talking to younger people about it, people my age, because really just start, just do something. If you're doing nothing, then you're not making progress. But if you do something towards those goals, even if it's mediocre, at least you've started and you've got, you know, 20, 30 years of, of leeway and rope to kind of to hang yourself, if you will. Um, but yeah, it's, it's important. Um, important to consider and take care of as soon as possible. Got uh, one one trainer in the group, Luke Hammond. Uh, Luke's a good, great guy, man. He uh, he said he wants to manage the facility that he owns for his first phase of retirement. And managing mean managing the people doing all the work and hopefully have a, a few rental properties for revenue as well. So that's interesting. Do you, for you, if you're allowed to say, do you have clients who, uh, have invested in like a self-employed IRA or a 401k, like a mutual fund. And then they have like rental properties as well on the side, like, or have like a really diverse portfolio when it comes to their retirement. Sure. I mean, definitely. And those are the type of people that I would prefer to work with anyway, um, because they have complexities in their situations, because we can talk about diversification on, you know, what you should buy inside your, you know, your brokerage account or your IRA, whatever it be. But true diversification is actually going across types of investments outside of just one account. So 
I would say that's beautiful. I mean, I know a lot of executive level guys that are in their late fifties uh, or even in their sixties where they love working. They love what they do. Their kids are already out of their house and out of college and they have kids. So like, it's what, what else? They're kind of like, what else am I going to do? I enjoy what I'm doing. So like, I may want to take a step back and not work 40, 50 hours a week, but uh, you know, if you do have those residuals coming in through cash flow from rental properties, and then you know that your actual retirement account is set up because you've contributed over over the years, why not take a step back and just manage people? I mean, I would say that most of us, that's the that's the fun part of what we do is is working with actual people. Making money is great and it's a necessity, but I think your your buddy Luke's on the right track as far as that's concerned because having the control is really the big thing in retirement, having options to, to be able to take a step back, but still be working. Um, a lot of people don't have those options. And I would say the more you can diversify yourself, whether it's, you know, investments or real estate, um, there's a, there's a ton of other options as far as you know, having multiple businesses and different types of income. The more you have, the more options you have and that's where the complexities come in. So I enjoy working with those people, but it's definitely a, a common thing that I do see a lot. Okay. Let's speak. Let's hypothetically you you're investing a certain number into the, into your retirement. And then you come across a lot of cash. Like unfortunately somebody passes away and you are the beneficiary to their life insurance or you uh, kill it one year in your basketball training business and you got, you net $120,000. Let's say you put a big sum, a large lump sum in there. Is Are you only limited by the number in your principal or do you need that time uh, over time to actually, you know, get to that number, that retirement number? Yeah. I mean, I would say the first thing to do, if you ever come into some big lump sum of money and you're either like a new investor or kind of novice on the scale, do something, but don't rush into it. Um, I would definitely at a younger age now, we're still in our twenties. I don't know that you're 30 yet. I think you're still, still think you're a greenhorn, if you will. Uh, I'm kidding. I think I'm like a year older than you are, but um, don't rush into anything. I would say, you know, put a portion of it away and don't spend all of it. Um, whether you know, for basketball trainers, whether you want to, all right, it's time now, I'm going to buckle down, I'm going to get a loan and I'm going to buy the facility. Or if you get enough cash, I'm going to just cash out and buy the facility and the business is going to go to the next level. Or maybe you already have a facility and there's like a huge expensive update, but now it's the time to do it. I would put, you know, five, 10% away to an account you can't touch to your 60, which is an IRA um, or a solo 401k, whatever it be. Uh, I would put a, you know, between five and 10% of that money away. The rest of it, there's no reason to rush into it. Now, if you don't know what you want to do, I would say in the short term, just put it in a simple brokerage account and get a low interest rate. Just wait. Um, but I would say that the needs and necessities of each trainer do vary based on where they live, where they're at in their career, whether they have a facility or not. So um, I would definitely use it as an opportunity to catch up on any debt that may be racked up. Uh, I know we talk about debt all the time, so that's pretty much all I'll say on it, but um, it's, it's just good opportunities. I would just be slow to act. Um, just, I'm trying to think of a, of a sports analogy to use, but I'm blanking. Um, but there's no reason if you're, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're given the ball, there's no reason to rush through and make a mistake. Um, just work the offense, if you will, just take your time, 
put a little here, put a little there. Now, if you know straight up, like I need new basketball goals and they're $50,000, then okay, do that. Now there are options on how you spend that. Maybe you take out a loan and you can invest more money instead of just dropping a bunch of cash. Those are all things that I work with people on doing, but um, you know, receiving lump sums is usually, it's, there's pros and cons, like you said, a lot of times it is a family member passes away, unfortunately. Um, but you know, if that does happen, use it as an opportunity to further yourself. And I'm sure that that family member, whoever gave it to you, even if they didn't pass, would be more proud of that anyway. So hopefully that helps. It does. It does. What are some interesting retirement setups that you've experienced in your career? Like as far as lifestyles that people lead? Yeah, lifestyles or clients who have retired that are, you know, may not be basketball trainers, but they have done pretty well or they've done it the right way. Like they are average, they saved over time and they're retired now and they're, they're using their money like X, like this. What are those case studies? Yeah, I mean, I know we've, we've talked about, about a, a few examples of, of just different types of people I've worked with. We have a handful of people that are in retirement, but they're actually making like insane amounts of money. Um, and they're not even touching their retirement savings. There's people that give away tens of thousands of dollars to charitable donations, whether it's like Make-A-Wish Foundation or a church or something. Um, there's, there's all kinds of setups. I would say one of the cooler ones is people who get to that retirement before they're 50. I think that that's a huge, a, a huge undertaking to be able to get to that. Um, but there's, there's quite a few people that just do the, do the smart things and just work slow. I have one guy that I don't work with him per se officially, but we talk quite frequently and, and he's blue collar guy, doesn't even have a college degree out of high school. His dad, you know, kind of got him into real estate, but really only meaning that he just started buying up land. Um, and it's kind of between Greenville and Spartanburg. Um, and as you know, Greenville is just exploding. And so, uh, there's really nowhere else to go other than outside the city. And so really all he did was buy a bunch of land over time. He used them for himself for, you know, various like agricultural things, or, um, you know, I think he put up a couple of rental properties, but here in the last five years, again, he's only in his late forties, last five years, a bunch of developers have been coming into town. And so I would say his cash flow over the next few years, not only is he going to be, He'll probably have ten million dollars in investable assets in the next four years, but his cash flow is going to be probably about half a million dollars a year until he dies. Only because I know his trajectory, I know how he's investing things. But just start doing something as you have money. Just get property, get real estate, even just buy land. Or if you're going to buy a gym, start now. Start like simple. But I would say like those are all money goals and it doesn't necessarily resonate with everyone um but my job as an advisor is to show people that yes money can be stressful and it's i know a lot of people don't like to talk about their money but money gives you opportunity and so if you just want the opportunity to do what you want to do and live a free life it's just doing the little things right um, and the earlier you start the better um, it's a simple formula and then as far as the complexities just that's why I say call me and I can work work with with people getting through the complexities. Coming closer to the end question, you said something about assets and starting small. We I've heard you mentioned gyms, rental properties. 
what would you classify as an asset? I know we'd like to think our basketball training business has value and get that, but what would you consider an asset, like a goal, a shooting machine, anything else of, the, of that nature? Anything that you're not paying debt towards or paying back uh, is typically an asset on a balance sheet. Now, if you finance goals and you're still paying on it, it's technically a liability because you're still paying on it and you still have debt out on it. Um, a lot of people like to look at their home as an asset, which it really depends on the opinion of the person, but a home is an asset if you leverage it, but if you're paying on a mortgage, it's technically a liability on the, on the balance sheet because money is leaving your pocket. So an asset on the most simplest sense is usually land is really easy to think of because you're really only paying taxes on it. I mean, if you take a loan out on it, you're paying on it, but land traditionally only appreciates in value unless someone builds like a dump next to you, like your land's pretty much going to appreciate, which even then you could leverage a buyout for the dump to expand. Who knows? There's a bunch of different stuff, but I would say cars are not assets. I mean, it is if you're going to make money on it, but I don't know how many people, I don't know that many people ever make more money on their car than they bought it for. Um, the only re the only way you can really make money on a car is if someone just gave it to you um, traditionally. Now, sure, there's probably some rare you know, Bentley or Rolls Royce that has appreciated over value because there's only one in the world or something, but uh, there's a lot of people and I, I highly doubt we know anyone that that's happened to. So uh, I would say once things are paid off though, like if you have a gym and you have weights, everything and you own it, uh, that's definitely an asset, especially if you're looking to sell your business or um, like a merger or something. Those are all things that would go on the asset side of the balance sheet. So um, hopefully that helps. It does. It does. Okay. So in, in closing, what were the, the highlights? There are, is a shelf life here. We were talking about retirement and one, what it looks like, what would it look like for us? Or what do we want it to look like? Do we want to spend more during the retirement age than we do now? Uh, in actually, before we, before we close up, uh, I had a trainer. I don't know if you can answer this. Uh, he said, I've read, seen some things online about how 401ks and 403bs, that's what he has are pretty much trash. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think would make them say that? Uh, it's, it's, that's kind of a vague statement, which I can communicate with that. I mean, I, I know what he's trying to say. Um, it only will be, to use his words, trash, uh, if the investments inside of it are not good investments. And so I can't really give investment advice unless someone speaks with me directly. But as far as the actual account itself, I think they get a bad rap, but 401ks and 403bs are a good way to pre-tax, put money away. So um, unless you're a really diligent person, uh, which I would say a lot of a lot of basketball trainers slash entrepreneurs typically are, because when you're 1099, you have to save money for taxes yourself. So that does require a level of discipline. So I will give them credit for that. Um, as far as if you're 401k or 403b, why wouldn't you put money away pre-tax? Because once it comes in your paycheck, you have to pay tax on it. So any bit of dollars that you put in to a 401k or 403b is tax deductible annually. So unless he just hates tax deductions, then sure it's trash. But I would say, you know, they do get a bad rap because most, especially larger companies will just lump your money in and like, they just say, okay, you're going to retire in 30 years. Everyone that's going to retire in 30 years invest like this. And that's not custom, which what I do, what a lot of other uh, private advisors will do is more custom work. So 
you wouldn't get that if you worked with me. Um, so that's where they get a bad rap, but tax deductions, man, especially for a 1099 worker or someone who's got a side hustle, tax deductions are beautiful. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I would, I like them, but um, I would say a 401k or 403b shouldn't be everything that you hang your retirement on. It should be a solid portion of it if you work for a long time, but um, you should be saving more than just the traditional 3% and your employer matches three or whatever it is. You should be saving more than that. So I don't know, hopefully that helps, but um, just talk to an advisor and get them to explain everything. And uh, I don't know, it's really easy to, to grab a sound bite. I'm not saying this guy did that, but it's really easy to grab a sound bite or a meme from Instagram from some random guy saying, don't do this because I want you to do real estate. And then you look and that guy is involved in real estate. So who knows, man, who knows? Yeah, that's uh, really interesting in, in some questions I may ask you too. And he asked for more Roth or traditional IRA. Got to talk to him about the SEP IRA. I, I, even though I can't talk to him about it, I'm not allowed legally and I don't know enough to talk to him about it. Maybe I can forward, it. guy's name Nick, Nick Aldiero. So I can forward your information to Nick. Uh, yeah. in the interest of time. But man, one one last recap for this though, with, with retirement and what you would tell basketball trainers to keep in mind and prepare for it. You mind giving us that recap? Yeah, for sure. I would say this, the, the things we talked about, I mean, start early on retirement. Think about what you want your retirement to look like. Uh, it's honestly sad when you see someone who didn't prepare early enough and they have to work some job part-time or whatever, and they're just grinding it and it's honestly sad whenever you see someone who's, you know, they should be enjoying the limelight of their life and they're having to, you know, bag groceries or do whatever. And if they, if they like doing it good, and there's no slight to those jobs, it's just, if someone's worked really hard their life, but they didn't make good decisions when they were younger, it's really sad to not necessarily extend grace to that person, but just start early, just do something. It's, it's really not gonna, it's never going to be a, a a penalty to someone who starts investing early. I mean, if you do run calculations, there's certain there's certain calculations you can run where if you invest like $500 a month, just for like eight years, you'll retire with a million dollars. You don't even have to add more money after eight years. There's stuff like that. If you just start doing it, especially if you're younger, you're single, that kind of thing, you don't have kids, your cash flow is usually, you can grind it out a little more. You can eat peanut butter and jellies instead of steak, or you don't have four people to pay for. Um, just grind it out. But start early. Think about, you know, we talk about goals in the short term and about five years all the time. Think about what your retirement goals are. Um, and then really, you know, I don't know, talk to a professional. You don't even have to talk to me, but talk to someone who can get you the right information in your area, whether it's buying a gym or it's financing your equipment or it's buying your equipment. Um, those are all things that need to be considered, um, especially for someone who's uh, independent contractor or a 1099 or you know just an individual because you're having to be all things business when it doesn't have to be that hard just work with someone that knows what they're doing um and they they can give you good information if they're if they know what they're doing so yeah and last thoughts to nick on that 403b and 401k to your point with the tax deductions man like especially in south carolina you even if you're an llc you're getting taxed as like a sole proprietor and single member llc and it's at least 15 percent on just the your personal income and then the business taxes on top of that too. So yep. yeah, at least for that much is worth it for the tax deductions. For sure. but, uh, Seth, man, for I, sure. I appreciate you uh, sharing the information here. Absolutely, man. 
I always enjoy the time and uh, yeah, basketball trainers, man, give me a call. You don't have to work with me, but I, we can just talk basketball. That's really all it is. I love, I love the opportunity to talk on the podcast, you know, a couple times a month and it's always a good time for me. So I, I, I could talk all day. So just stop me whenever, <laughs> but I enjoy it. I really do. Yo, hope that podcast gave you some value. If it did, please rate, review, and subscribe to this. It only makes the podcast better. I read every single one. And at the very least, go join our group. You'll see the link in the description of this episode, and I will catch you on the next one.